0: Today I want to begin as I did last week by asking this question. Here it is. What do you want? What do you really want? What is that thing that you really, really want? Now last week we learned that getting what you want can really be a tricky thing. (laughs) It can really be tricky. Because when you do get what you want... You just might end up in a place you don't want to be. When you do get what you want, you might have something that you no longer want. When you do get what you want, you might be stuck with something that didn't satisfy you like you'd hoped it would. When you do get what you want, you might be left wanting even more that next thing on your want list. And because you got your own way and you got what you wanted at the moment, you may have missed out on the thing that was most valuable most valuable what you really value so this morning beyond all of your surface wants beyond all those things that are on your want list what do you really want deep down inside what do you really want to be said about you when you're gone from this place What do you really want to leave as your legacy when you are gone from this place? I mean, students, even before you die, what do you want your legacy to be when you leave high school or college? What do you want your peers to say about you? Good things, bad things, or nothing at all about you? What do you want your legacy to be? Parents, even before you die and leave this place, what do you want your legacy to be when your kids leave home? Will your kids have good things or bad things or nothing at all to say about you? What's your legacy with your family? Employees, even before you die, what do you want your legacy to be when you leave your job or when you retire? Will your coworkers have good things or bad things or nothing to say at all about you? What's your legacy? Folks, that's what we call a value question. A value question like that should drive you past all of your surface wants. All those things that we all kind of like to get and have in life. A question like that should drive you to discover or think about what is it that I really do value, that I really do want in this life. You see, you'll never get what you really want until you discover what you really, really value. What is it that you really value? Because, take a, take a real quick listen here. Because unless you unfasten your attention on all of your surface wants, and instead fasten your attention on what you really value, you will never slow down long enough to discover what it is you really value. You just keep running towards the next thing on your what list. You just keep going and going. I got this, I got this. Now, what's next? And you'll just keep running. And until you discover what you really value, you will never ever really get what you really want. Now, Jesus consistently pointed his followers past what they thought they initially wanted to what he knew they ultimately wanted. He was always doing that. Take like Peter. Peter thought the thing that he really wanted was to walk on water like Jesus. Amen? (laughs) Jesus, I see you out there. I see that you're doing this. I want to do it too. And so that's what he thought that he, he really wanted. But Jesus knew when he invited Peter to step out of the boat and join him on the water, Jesus knew that the thing Peter ultimately wanted was to know that whenever he stepped out in faith to follow Jesus, that Jesus would be there to take care of him no matter what happened. Peter thought that he wanted just the ability to walk on water. But what he really wanted and would really need to know in the future was, can I trust Jesus? If I really follow him, can I really trust him to lift me up when life threatens to drown me? He ultimately wanted to know that he could trust Jesus. So folks, listen, we'll never get what we really want until we discover what is most valuable. And having said that, that should be an easy deal, right? You sit down, you read something, inspiring, you do a little thinking, you do a little writing on your little pad and paper, and you put some things down, and you say, yeah, I can discover what's valuable, and and then I'll just go. It's not that easy, folks. There's a problem. Write this down. Choosing what we naturally want is natural. We don't have any problem at all choosing what we naturally want. But listen, that is what keeps you and me from going after what's most valuable. You see, there's an internal conflict between the natural and what we really value. And lots of people never break through the natural to embrace the valuable. But when they do, their lives change for the better. And I want that for you. I want that for you to experience what's most valuable. And I think the person that, describes the battle of going after what's most valuable instead of what's just natural as one of the authors of the New Testament in fact he wrote over half of the New Testament you probably know by now his name is Paul the Apostle Paul but before he was a follower of Jesus Paul was a Pharisee a man who studied the law of God before he was a follower of Jesus he was a good law-keeping Jewish man but he hated the followers of Jesus And, in fact, he tried to put the church out of business. But then one day he had this miraculous encounter with Jesus Christ, and he became a believer that Jesus was the Messiah, and he began to follow Jesus. Later, Paul planted several churches, and then God inspired him to write letters to those churches to encourage them, teach them, guide them. And one of those letters was to the city of Rome, Christians living in Rome. Now, Rome was a pagan place. It was not a Christian-friendly city, not at all. But by 45 A.D., there were hundreds and hundreds of Christians living in Rome. And so it's to those Christians in house churches trying to follow Jesus Christ in a a not Christian-friendly city describes the conflict that we all wrestle with. Paul writes and describes this conflict. Take a look at this, Romans chapter 7. He says, I do not understand... What I do For what I want to do I do not do But what I hate to do And if I do what I do not want to do I agree that the law is good What's Paul saying? Paul's saying I don't understand some of the things I do Come on, honest Ever felt like that? (laughs) I have You know, you do something And then you look at yourself in the mirror And you say, you idiot (laughs) Why did you say that? You idiot, why did you do that? Why did you say yes to that? You idiot, why did you agree with them? You idiot, why did you eat that again? Amen? (laughs) You idiot, why did you do the same thing over again that you said to Jesus you'd never do again? You idiot, why did you buy some more of that? I just don't understand what I do. Folks, there's a conflict between what you really value And what you just naturally, humanly want to do. Then Paul continues, he says, For what I want to do, I do not do. Instead, I do what I hate to do. Paul's saying there's something that I really value, but even though I value that, I settle for something less. You ever done that? You really value something, but because of your human, sinful, natural wants, you settle for something less? And then he goes on, he says, and when I do that, I hate it. Now, Paul wasn't a bad person. Before, even before he started following Jesus, his problem was he was so good. Uh, this is really bad English, but he was one of the goodest people around. <laughs> he really followed the law of God. He really valued the law of God. But here he's saying, as hard as I tried to be good, as much as I tried to obey God's laws, I couldn't pull it off. I knew what I really valued. I knew what I wanted, but I couldn't do it. Folks, we're no different than Paul. But you and I, even if we say we don't know much of God's word, we still know in our hearts what's good, what's right. Because the Bible teaches that God has written his word on our hearts. Even if you're some people people living way out on some unknown island, Speaking some language far different than ours, and you've never even heard the Scripture, the Bible says that God has written His Word on our hearts. We know right from wrong. The Bible says this, Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know His law when they instinctively obey it, even without ever having heard it. He goes on and says, They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them that they are doing right. So whether you're a Christian or not, whether you know much of the Bible or not, you know what's right and you know what's wrong. You know in your heart what is good and what is right, and you know what you really want to do, and you know what you really want to be. But like Paul, maybe you just can't seem to do it. Instead, you do the opposite. But why is that? Paul says it this way. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, it does not dwell in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do good, but I cannot carry it out. For I, I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. And then he says, this I keep on doing. You have, I believe, the desire to do good inside of you. But sometimes all of us do just the opposite. So what's his point? His point is this. What we naturally want is often in conflict with what we ultimately want and what God wants for us. So his point is this. Choosing what we naturally want, man, that's natural. We have all of these human natural wants. That, that's the natural thing to do. But write this down. Choosing what we ultimately want is unnatural. Man, it's a whole different ball game. Choosing what we ultimately value and really really want is unnatural. Choosing that which is of real value is unnatural. It just doesn't come to us naturally. But because we naturally want to choose what comes natural to our human nature and what our fallen, sinful human nature naturally wants, is always its own way. And if that means you got to cheat to get your own way, or if it means lying or discriminating or being unfaithful to your spouse or degrading someone to get what you want, that is what you will choose to do, to have your own way, to get what you want. Paul said this to another church. When you follow the desires or your wants, we could say, Of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And then he gives us this big list sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And then he says, Let me tell you again as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So listen, when you follow the desires or the wants of your sinful human nature, you're going to do some ugly, awful, sinful, hurtful things. And when you look at a list like that, if you're really being honest this morning, you're probably having to think and having to say in your mind, yep, there's one up there for me. (laughs) I see that one, that's, that's me. Yep, my son or my daughter, man, struggles with that one. My parents, my siblings, they struggle with that one. Boy, I've got some friends I know that are struggling with that one. They look at that list and, and, and you can see what people are dealing with. And we all know that we're tempted, what we're tempted to choose to do. We all know that. But God, through Paul, gives us this list as kind of a wake-up call. Saying, followers of Jesus, look at this. These are natural wants, natural desires of the the human sinful nature. But wake up. All of those things you want to do, but none of those things will get you what you ultimately want. So, to get what you ultimately want, you're going to have to choose to do what is unnatural to you instead of what's natural. You're going to have to say no to some things. You're going to have to spend more time in God's Word, renewing your think, your thinking and your thoughts. You're going to have to discipline yourself. Sometimes, like Joseph, you're going to have to run away. Sometimes you're going to have to spend more time in prayer, more time in worship, more time serving God to change your whole direction. Now, I know that you're all good people like Paul, amen? You're, you're all good people like Paul, but all of those ugly, sinful things come so naturally, In fact, one or more of those things has probably kept you from really getting what you deep down ultimately want and really value. But listen close. There's a battle, but you can win the battle. There is a battle every single day of our lives, but you can win. There's a way that you can choose valuable over natural, a way that you can get what you ultimately want a way that you can be what God designed you to be. There's a way to to do what you were created to do. And another author in the Bible, his name is James, he's the brother of Jesus. He wrote about what our natural wants and desires do to us if we really choose to do choose to not do something about them. If we don't choose to go against what feels natural. So I'm going to read this verse out loud and I want you to help me this morning. When I get to two specific words, these two words, when I get to the words dragged away, I want you to out loud to say those two words with me. Dragged away, all right? And, and big voice, okay? All right? Because I want this image to stick in your heart and mind this morning. Here we go. Look at what James says. But each person, that's you and me, is tempted when they are right. dragged away. That happens, doesn't it? When they are dragged away by, by what? By their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth. Something is born at that moment. What is it? It gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to something else. Death. Death of your relationship with God. Distance in your relationship with God, the Bible says. And then he goes, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived by all those things you naturally want to go after that feels so good maybe at the moment that that's ever going to lead you to what you ultimately desire and want. James gives us this image of someone who wants to do the right thing, but his evil nature wants to drag him away from it. And that's the battle. That's the battle that we all face. Choosing the ultimate over the immediate is so unnatural. Choosing the ultimate over being dragged away by our immediate want is so unnatural. And James ends where I want to end today. He's sitting somewhere, writing this by candlelight, imagining all these people that are going to be reading this letter in his church. And he ends with some strong counsel. Now, he had some readers in mind, but I doubt that he had any idea that 2,000 years later, we would be reading what he had written. And that would be just as applicable to us today as it was to those he wrote to that day. He ends with this strong admonition, don't be deceived. And you know why he says that? Because he knows how easily deceived we are. He knows how easily distracted we are by the things that we just naturally and humanly want and how easily we forget what we ultimately want, a life that's pleasing to God, a life that makes a difference in this world, an eternity spent with God. So it's like he's reaching across 2,000 years of human nature and he's grabbing us by the collar and he's saying, follower of Jesus, don't be deceived don't falling, falling into the trap of just going after and going after and going after what you ultimately thought you wanted, but it didn't give you ultimately what you wanted. It never got you there. He goes, "My dear brother, my dear sister, don't be deceived. Don't be tricked. Come on, followers of Jesus. Don't be dragged away from what is right. You know, this even starts really, really early. Really early. Uh, Shirley and I have the privilege that we get to sit with our our grandsons quite often. And Wade, our youngest grandson, is only 10 and a half months old. And uh, he has a favorite thing he likes to do in our house. And so he's crawling, and man, he crawls fast. Anybody got fast crawlers? <laughs> all right, he crawls really fast. One of his favorite things to do is to crawl towards our fireplace, get up onto the hearth, and then pull himself up by the glass in, in front of the fireplace and pound on the glass, okay? Favorite thing he likes to do. That's not okay with me, all right, or, or surely. And so he heads that direction, and we can see what he really, really wants. And so we go, ah, 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 ah and he stops. And he looks at us, and then he looks at the fireplace, and he heads toward the fireplace. We go, uh, 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 uh. And he looks at us, and he kind of goes like this, and we kind of go like that. And then he heads to the fireplace, and he goes, starts banging on the glass, you know? <laughs> he's got this natural want. And James is saying to us, we all have those kind of natural wants, things we just want to go after. And he's saying, don't be deceived. Don't trade the ultimate for the immediate, Don't trade what you ultimately want for what you naturally and immediately want. So today we might say it like this, students, you go away to college, don't be deceived. You're going to be invited to a party, you're going to be offered some alcohol, you're going to be offered some drugs, you're going to be offered some other kinds of pleasures, but don't trade the ultimate for the immediate. Newlyweds, don't be deceived. You think happiness is going to come by just getting the house filled with all those little things and decorations that you want, but that's not true. That's not going to satisfy. He's saying, career people who are traveling, you think you might have a little fun for a little minute and nobody else would know about it, and so you have this little affair every time you go to that city, but don't be deceived. That's not going to get you what you ultimately want. Couples struggling in your marriage, You want to just quit? Don't don't be deceived. That's not going to bring what you want. Folks, is there something starting to drag you away? James says don't be deceived. Don't trade the immediate. Don't trade the ultimate for the immediate. Never trade valuable for what just is natural. Now listen... You all know I've been around now for 64 years. And I've been following Jesus for 57 of those 64 years. Came to Jesus when I was seven years old. Changed my life. I've now been pastoring for 41 years. And I've seen over and over and over so many people trade what's valuable for what's natural. I've seen so many who were fervent followers of Jesus at one point in their lives trade him for some sin. And nothing breaks my heart more than to watch people who were once fervent followers of Jesus choose to keep doing what they really don't want to do and then to watch it keep dragging them away from where and who they really want to be. I've watched so many be unwilling to deal with the thing that keeps dragging them away until eventually they walk away completely from God's people and from God himself. So listen close. If you will deal with the thing that is dragging you away, and if you'll fully surrender to Jesus and his ways, if you will let Jesus get into the front seat of your life, If you will let Jesus drive and you get in the back seat and you just go where he takes you, he will take you to all of the things that really are valuable and ultimate. And in the process, he'll even keep you from stumbling into the trap of always going for that natural, human, sinful, immediate thing that you think you want. Because the Bible says this, to him, Jesus who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. So he's saying, if you deal with a thing that's dragging you away, and if you surrender your life fully to Jesus, and you let Jesus sit in the front seat of your life and drive your life, he'll keep you from stumbling. He'll keep you from being dragged away. And He'll take care of you until He takes you into His glorious presence where you can spend eternity with Him and everyone else who's decided to really follow Jesus. With all who decided to not be deceived and instead decided to say no when they were tempted and instead decided to say yes to the things that are most valuable and most ultimate. Folks, is it really worth it to fix your eyes on Jesus in this life is it really worth it to fix your eyes on the things that are beyond what you want here and now is it really worth it to fix your eyes on Jesus and his eternal plan for you absolutely so what is it that you really want what is it that's really important to you well this week I've got a homework assignment for you it's back to school time anyway right So I'm going to give you a little homework assignment. I want you to go home, and I want you to ask yourself these three questions. They're on your outline. First question is this. Ask yourself, what do I really want? Now, I know some of you want to say, what I really, really want, Pastor, is a Ford (laughs) F-150. But if I could get that Raptor and put it in my garage, that's what I really want. I got one. I know. I know. And that's fine. If, if you want a Ford Raptor, that's fine. I hope, you can, I hope you can get one. Me, I'm a Chevy guy. You know that. But anyway, I hope you get what you want. Some of you are probably saying, but what I really, really want is I want new flooring throughout my house. I mean, that's what I, I want, new flooring, a new carpet, new wood. I, I, that's what I really want. And that's fine. And I, and I hope you can get that someday. But is that what you really want? Is that really it? Second question is this. Then ask yourself, what keeps dragging me away from what I really want? And this is a time to be really honest. It's just between you and God. Be honest. What is that thing that's dragging you away from his perfect will for your life? And then the third question is this. Ask yourself, how long will I let that thing drag me away from what I ultimately want? How long will I let what I naturally want that's that sinful thing in my human nature, let it drag me from what I ultimately want. Will I go another three years? Will I go another five years? Will I let it keep dragging me away for 10 years? Come on, how long will you let what you naturally want drag you away from what's most valuable, what you really want? This week, please sit down, answer those three questions, and come back next week, and we're going to dive in We're going to dive in deeper. Choosing what we naturally want, that's that's natural. But choosing what we ultimately want and getting it is really unnatural. But to get what we really want, we've got to do those unnatural things of seeking God, praying, fasting, being in His Word, being in fellowship with other believers, serving God in some way. It's unnatural and it's hard. But that's what it takes. Would you bow your heads with me? As I pray this prayer, would you kind of just repeat it in your heart after me? You say, God, as I ask myself these questions this week, I ask that you open the eyes of my heart so I can see the things that you want me to change. And then, Father, empower me to make those changes. So I can get what you ultimately want me to get and experience in this life. Father, we we all know that as we walk through this life, there are so many voices calling out to us, get this, get that. This will meet your needs. This will satisfy you. This will make you happy. Our culture is calling out to us. But God, we know And if we've lived long enough, we've experienced that real joy and happiness are not in those things. So God, we come to you today and we pray that you would speak so powerfully as we ask you these questions and ask ourselves these questions. That you'd help us to take a step closer to you. And we come back next week and we We step even closer to you and we start moving in the direction that you desire for us to move Lord help us to strip off all the sin that hinders us help us to run this race that you've called us to run Lord help us to seek you and what you want we pray in Jesus powerful and precious name And all of God's people said amen. Would you please stand with me now? And we're going to close with a song that says, God, be my vision. In other words, God, help me to see you. Help me to look at you. Sing this out as we sing it
1: this morning. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be Thou art, thou my best art by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life. in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure now art.
0: been so great to have you here this morning and uh, I just want to invite you like always to find your response card and make sure you fill out that card and write a prayer request if you have one on the back of that card so our staff can pray for you and then drop that in the offering plate and we'll be faithful uh, to pray for you. So great to have you here and if you're a guest we want to encourage you to pick up one of our tumblers on the way out right between the glass doors and it has information and contact information on it and we that's just our gift to you this week so we encourage you to do that and And then we're just going to ask our ushers to come and wait on us this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so very much for all of the things you do for us day in and day out. Lord, we give back to you right now as a gift of our worship to you. Lord, that we might continue to be strong in this community and reaching out to other communities. Lord, we give cheerfully to you, our awesome God. It's in your name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen.